Cura, this program is brought to you by Wellington Access Radio. Wellington Access Radio, make your voice heard. This is Wellington Access Radio 106.1 FM, and you're listening to B-Side Stories, stories of the people who make Wellington tick. I'm one of your hosts today. My name's Laura. Hi, and I'm your other co-host today, Christine Langdon. Hey, Christine. Hey, how are you? I am very good. I'm just going to tease the second half of the show Mm -hmm. because I made a really fun uh, interview recording at Welly Tech. And um, I chatted to the people who make it all happen, and they also make a podcast called Access Granted, which is on Wellington Access Radio, Um, so it's a whole crossover episode. But if you are interested in tech, the tech world in Wellington, which is, you know, surprisingly accessible, you don't have to be a techo, Mm -hmm. keep listening to the second half. Um, Yeah, we had a really really good chat, so um, that is in the second half, but I'll turn over to you. Okay, Should we just crack on with the interview? Straight into uh, your first interview. Okay, I am uh, really looking forward to our conversation today. Um, I've brought in Louise Parkin, uh, who is the general manager of the Nicole Foundation in Wellington. And last week uh, there was an international event called Giving Tuesday. And that's had me thinking a lot about generosity, especially at this time of the year as people... uh, start to get focused on shopping and buying and and what they can get. And it's really nice to start to think about what what we could be giving um, instead at this time of the year. So it feels like a really nice time to be talking with Louise. So welcome, Louise. Thanks, Christine, and thanks for having me on. Um, Can we start by asking you to tell us what the Nicole Foundation is and how it relates to giving and generosity and how it came about in Wellington? Sure. I think the best way to start is to tell a story. Mm. So a couple of years ago, the phone rang and uh, there was a lovely Wellingtonian woman who kind of had a house in Brooklyn that she didn't really need. So, and she really wanted to do something for the young people in Wellington, but she was a little bit frightened about who to give her money to, uh, and she didn't know which organisations were the best, and she was kind of a bit paralysed by by what to do. Uh, So um, this is exactly what Nico Foundation is is there for. We're here to help generous Wellingtonians give to the causes they care about. Our byline is give where you live. So... um, so we helped her, um, so she sold the house, donated half a million dollars to Nico Foundation, which we've invested, and the interest from that money that's in the investments is given away to local charities every year. Mm-hmm. So organisations apply to us for funding, and I pull off all the youth ones every year, and uh, Barbara and I go through, and she gets to pick which ones are sort of already, you know, the due diligence is done on them. So she knows she's um, safely making a good choice, whoever she chooses. So my first question that raises is, is it for wealthy Wellingtonians with lots of money to give, or is it for all of us? It's definitely for everybody, whether you've got $10 to give or $10 million. Um, the Community Foundation model is actually a, a, a worldwide network. So it actually started in 1914 in, in Cleveland, in the States, and now there are over 1,800 community foundations all over the world helping 
local people give to local causes. Um, there's something like uh, $68 billion invested, and, and can just imagine all that interest churning off those investments every year and, and being available to communities. Mm. But you can just give $10 into, your, into a, a fund for mental health if you like. You can give via the portal on our website, or you can actually, if you've got a little bit more, maybe um, create your own fund. Um, with your own favourite charities in it, or just you might just say, I love the arts and conservation, so, you know, help me with that. And what's the benefit then of me giving to a community fund like yours rather than going, oh, I've only got $10 to spend, so I'll just go and give it direct to a charity? Sure. So um, I always say if you want to do have an immediate impact, of course you would give directly to Women's Refuge or the SPCA. But... Um, if you want your dollar to carry on giving forever mm. um, and not be kind of chewed up by those operational costs so quickly, um, it's a very it's an in perpetuity model. So every dollar you give stays in the fund forever and continues to give through your lifetime and you know after you pass away as well. So it's a real mm. leaving a legacy, and and some donors really love that idea. So you might still be giving a thousand years after you've. Gone yes. from the yeah. world. Yeah, it's yeah. really cool. And also, like we had, you know, lovely Barbara set up a fund with half a million, but I set up my own fund with fifty dollars, mm. and I'm just giving to something that I've given my life to, um, you know, and I'm just going to build that up over time through payroll giving. And there, but there's a little piece in my will that if I die tomorrow, it tops it up immediately to the the level where um, it starts grant making. And uh, no one will ever have to do a sausage sizzle or a mm. raffle at my sports club ever again. That money will be pouring out to them every year. That's exciting to think that you can leave that kind of legacy where yeah. you go. And of course my son, you know, he's going to be fine. Mm. And I think we say to donors, of course, sort out your family first. But we say, think of your legacy as a, an extra child mm. um, and, and do something for you as well, you know. Besides your sports club, uh, who else is going to benefit from your giving? At the moment, um, I've, I'm focusing on, on that, but obviously mm. it's going to grow over the years, and um, I have so many interests. I'm a bit of a hopeless philanthropist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very interested in social enterprise, capacity mm. building. Um, but but the NECO Foundation covers everything. So we've got donors that give to arts, health, education, youth, conservation, and even numismatics, which is coin collecting. So somebody, you know, has set up a fund particularly for coin collecting, and we um, we make sure that community gets a fantastic donation every year. What are the trends? Um, I'm assuming the coin collecting isn't your biggest fund. Which ones are the biggest funds and which ones? <laughs> Um, I think this year we did a, resi a resilience fund and we, because um, we believe that Wellington, you know, resilience is a big issue for everyone in Wellington. Um, there is a mental health fund. Um, we had one lovely donor from Wairarapa whose um, brother had committed suicide and she wanted to do something. She didn't have enough to create her own fund. So she donated $5,000 to go into our mental health fund and went that reaches um, the level for grant giving, um, we'll be able to make donations to any charity in Wellington that works with mental health um, issues. Mm. Are people usually quite motivated by their personal experiences like that? Absolutely. One of the things I love to say to people is, if I gave you a million dollars right now to give away, who, who would you give it to? And 99 times out of 100, they go, 
X, Y, Z, you know, because their mother died with multiple sclerosis or they're worried about climate change or um, they just love the arts, you know. And, but sometimes I say that and people have to think quite hard. And sometimes it's one of our jobs is to get people thinking about generosity and, and making that part of their lives because it's incredibly satisfying. Mm. How many uh, donors do you have in your, is it a membership um, or in your community? Sure. And um, what are the causes that they seem to lean towards? It's, it's a huge range. We've got about 37 endowment funds. So when I started at Nico Foundation, we had about... Um, um, 3.75 million under management and we've uh, in three years that's now up to 15 million we've got 17 million promised and bequests wow so we are building this massive pot of money for Wellington and it's particularly I'm particularly passionate about it because when the community trusts um, when Trust Bank divvied up the money and created all the community trusts, Wellington, for various reasons, ended up with the smallest pot per head of, cap, uh, per head of population. Mm-hmm. So Auckland, the Auckland Community Trust, which is now Foundation North, has a billion-dollar fund for Auckland. Um, Christchurch, the Rata Foundation, has half a billion-dollar fund, you know, pouring money into their community. And poor old Wellington, because um, a lot of people left their bank accounts in the region and moved to Wellington for work, because it's Ah. one of those towns, and it was divvied up on the bank accounts. We have a $70 million fund for Wellington. So, come on, everybody. We want a billion-dollar fund for Wellington, right? Yeah, (laughs) and we could all make it happen just with a little bit. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Mm. Um, What kind of people... uh, choose to set up funds with you or donate through you? Just, you know, regular Wellingtonians who love this place. And um, sometimes they're at a point where they might have realised that, you know, their children have left home and they've got a little bit of... um, bit of extra money um, or they may not have had children and they mm. want to do something with their estate that that's meaningful um, getting to 50 mumble myself um, <laughs> I I've started to feel more nostalgic and thinking about what I can do to give back but also young people are amazing sometimes they've got you know very little money and they're so generous like they'll just you know they'll pop 20 bucks into our resilience fund or um, yeah, so it's a it's a huge range. What are your youngest uh, givers? Oh, that's a good question. Um, probably, I mean, there's some young people that are involved in their family philanthropy, and I think that's something we really are wanting to focus on, creating a culture of generosity in our young people. So we've partnered with the uh, Wellington City Council um, uh, for their the Matariki uh, celebrations, and we we sponsor uh, we're partnering to create the uh, Rivers of Light parade. And if you if you attended that event, all the the schools were building light sculptures, and then they all walked towards the um, to the lagoon uh, and this most beautiful parade. And so, you know, we're starting to get into the schools and talk about generosity. Although, you know, there's some awesome uh, young people doing cupcake sales for the SPCA and everything. It's just going on all the time. What do you think is changing? Do you think that uh, our young people are becoming more generous or what are we going to see happening um, or what are you already seeing happening differently in philanthropy? It's a, it's a really dynamic field. Um, there will always be um, 
the big philanthropists, you know, the ones that we hear hear about, they have their own funds and they, they do uber philanthropy. And in fact, we, we um, the Wellies are coming up this week and we sponsor a philanthropy showcase. Mm-hmm. So we, we showcase those that have given under over a million dollars to Wellington. And there was this mm-hmm. lovely chap that when he passed away gave 10 gifts of 100,000 to his, to 10 favourite charities. Then we celebrate a young person that's done something spectacular. Um, and we also talk about somebody that's done something really great with Nico Foundation. So um, a lovely, uh, the Cook family, unfortunately their, their mother was uh, killed in a car accident. And um, instead of, at her funeral, uh, instead of having flowers, paying for flowers, they created a memorial fund for her. And you know, it's nearly up to the $75,000. There's been an event every year, we all walk, people are contributing, and it's giving back to the Pai Kokariki community so there's a lot of options a lot of you know memorial funds bequests living gifts regular giving it's all generosity just in different forms and it's whatever we work with donors to work with what suits them yeah is everyone who's giving through the Nicole foundation um giving back into wellington is that the criteria that's the co-papa yeah it's it's give where you live and that's the the whole um idea of a community foundation having said that it's for wellingtonians so Mm. if they have passions outside wellington we can take care of that as well so we like for instance we have the uh the fund for women's refuge so they you know they have a million dollars to raise every year they want to be free of that burden so they are putting a proportion of their income every year into a fund and donors we're hoping donors will leave bequests and make donations so one day we'll just be sending them you know a huge amount of money every year that they won't have to painstakingly fundraise for. Mm. Are there areas like that that we particularly need the philanthropy to be directed at? And do you ever try and help to direct people if they don't know what to do? Or um... Yes, I think there's always clues. Mm. So I think a lot about my job is listening to people and taking them on a journey that sees them realising their values in a way. You know, mm. um, We know that... Um, Wellington has lots of needs. I think the arts are a big one here. You know, we're supposed to be the arts capital of New Zealand. I think we're losing ground on Auckland at the moment because, you know, three of our um, arts, you know, performance areas are actually yellow stickered. So, mm-hmm. you know, I would just love to inject a huge amount of cash into, into that area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it varies. If I had money that I was looking to give and I really didn't know where to start to decide what to do with it, what kinds of questions would you encourage me to ask myself? Um, I think it's it's sometimes it's what you've given to your whole life. So people are often very quietly generous in New Zealand mm. and they may have given to, you know, uh, five charities their whole life and they want to see that carry on after they pass away. Um, I think there's... One of the... Yeah, one of the most important things that we can do is build up our what we call our NICO fund. It's a general fund because we've got, it's so donor advised, you know, I have so many funds that are very specific. We need to build up this general fund because we've got no idea what are going to be the problems in the future. So five years ago, who knew we were going to have a, a meth problem in Kapiti? Mm. So we can't imagine the problems of the future. So to build up this really big general fund is incredibly important so that the people down at NICO Foundation um, have that discretion going forward for, for whatever the big challenge is. I think mental health is mm. a big one at the moment, our young people. Yeah. 
how do you allocate that general fund? Uh, Organisations apply and I guess you have to apply some kind of ruler? Yes, um, well, we have a... Anyone can apply. Any charitable purpose in Wellington can apply. They all apply to an eco-foundation and it's like a giant jigsaw puzzle. We have to just work out what are the best pots because they're all different. The, um, the, the best thing to do is to read the instructions on our website because we do have some focus areas so anybody can apply but we tend to favour those organisations who apply for things that are going to um, do capacity building for them, so they're going to, so the charities will be able to be more effective and efficient in what they're doing. Uh, we're very interested in social enterprise because that tells us that a not-for-profit is starting to think about sustainable revenue because we don't want them coming back every year for grants. We have to help them get more income streams, mm-hmm. and um, resilience is a big issue. So th- they need to think about who they are and what they want to apply for, and sometimes it's. You know, we had $2.4 million worth of requests this year and 600000 to give away, so it's always a grim job. But mm. I would recommend that if you do miss out, just apply again next year because, you know, sometimes it just wasn't quite enough money that year for, for um, a grant. And while it's a grim job, is it also um, quite an inspiring job to uh, see the good that's going yeah, on? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I think um, Warren Buffett, the great philanthropist, philanthropist said that um, giving away money is easy but giving it away well is very difficult Mm. so um, I think we do work really hard to to make sure that um, and our grants are still only five to ten k we've got until we've got much bigger amounts of money we can't do multi-year grants can't do bigger ones we want to spread the love a bit more Um, so we want to focus on things going to really really make a big impact even though it's a small grant and sometimes that's smaller organizations newer organizations who are filling gaps where some of the other charities might not have covered and to that point of um, giving effectively being hard I guess that's where you can really help the small donors who um, want to know the money's going to be used effectively but don't know how to that's do right. the research that's right no it's a it is a real privilege to be in this role and I just love meeting these wonderful gen- generous Wellingtonians we call them Wellanthropists <laughs> <laughs> that's brilliant how do Wellanthropists compare with um, your average philanthropist somewhere else <laughs> in New Zealand oh <laughs> I think we've all got one thing in common and that's the generosity gene you know we 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 volunteer we donate we we help wherever we can and um that's why I choose to work in the sector. And, you know, Access Radio is a fantastic example of um, a community organisation doing great work, battling on and, um, you know, keeping the faith. Thanks, Wellington Access Radio. I, I, I have a... Can I jump in <laughs> yeah. with a question? Um, are you from Wellington? Are you, like, a lifetime, uh, lifelong no, Wellingtonian? My, my mountain and my river are down in Nelson, actually. But I um, when I came home from my OE... Uh, 19 years ago, um, I settled here, and you know it just gets inside you, Wellington. I'm I absolutely love it. So, uh, and I, I want to see it thrive. We're the capital. We, we need a big fund for Wellington. Mm. Where do you see it going? A oh, hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, Quite year. soon. <laughs> Definitely going for the billion. But the thing is, the the other part of it is the um, investment part. So we've had a very good investment 
few years in terms of interest and returns. Our returns last year net of all fees were 9%. So if you've got like $100,000 and then you've got it in a bank account and you're kind of making grants from that money, you're probably getting about 3.7% back. If you give it to us after our fees, and we only take a small fee uh, to just to you know, to do what we do and we take care of the compliance and the tax and reporting, um, you're getting 9% back. So it's norm- almost like three three times as much as what you were doing, you would get and be able to give if you were just doing it yourself on a small scale. That's so significant. It is, yeah? yeah. And so the funds grow, the capital grows every year. Mm. So, um, it you know, it's compound interest. It's awesome. Yeah. What are you proud of in particular? What gives you the warm fuzzies when you uh, see the good that's being achieved? Obviously, we have a grants event every year and, and some of our recipients come and speak about the work that they're doing. That's always an amazing moment to... Because it's, you know, looking at it on paper, we go and visit some of them, but when they when someone gets up and talks about the effect that they've, that this money has had on their lives, it is that makes it all worthwhile. Um, I'm very proud that I'm an ordinary Wellingtonian <laughs> with a half a million dollar mortgage and a, and a kitchen still to renovate, but I've started yeah. my my legacy. That is a great comfort to me, and I'm very proud of that because I've put you know 20 years into the sport. Um, that, that just knowing that they're going to be okay in the future is is, is a great comfort, mm-hmm. and um, the excitement of 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 growing the fund. And um, and working with the spectacular people every day is awesome. I saw that you're an Aikido coach. Oh, yeah. is, is, that, is that the sports club that <laughs> it's going to? Yeah, are we, just are don't. We building future martial arts heroes in Wellington. Yeah, I usually don't mention what it is and just don't oh, make any sudden moves. Sorry, You'll be brother. fine. <laughs> but um, yes, no, I teach martial arts and, um, you know, I was a former women's British champion and um, got a lovely club and we travel and we compete and you know we, we face the same thing that all sports clubs face you know is how do we we fund our 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 world the squad to go to the worlds you know how do we buy new equipment well this is the answer you know mm. you can have a sausage sizzle outside Bunnings yeah. Bunnings do a great job offering that service but I'm looking forward to you know that just happening for them. Um, can I admit some ignorance and ask what Aikido is? Oh, oh so it's a very defensive uh, martial art. So um, you, before we came on the air, you were asking me about uh, what motivates me. So my personal mantra is highest good every day. And I want to spend every moment of every day in my work and my personal life contributing to you know, a better world. So I'm quite strict on that. And the thing about Aikido is it's a, it's a pacifist um, martial arts so someone can attack you but you don't hurt them you just close the attack down and they don't get hurt and you don't get hurt so that's all part of um, you know this path of of kindness and generosity that I try to live my life by me so by supporting the sport you're helping uh, other people to um, live more gently and kindly? That's right, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, and if someone grabs your handbag and takes off, you might just actually be able to do something. <laughs> <laughs> so are we going to be at risk if uh, anybody tries to grab your handbag in the street? Are they going to be <laughs> floored pretty quickly? Well, I would hope after 29 years <laughs> I might actually be able to do some kind of response, but you just never know, you know. Yeah, but um, it's it's not so much the self defence. It's it's more about the self esteem, 
and the resilience and um, the fitness uh, that it brings you, you know, brings to your life. Yeah. Mm. I just want to talk a little bit more about the difference that you are able to make as a donor on not a huge scale to something that you feel really passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, I'm assuming that it also means that people who otherwise might not be able to participate can participate or that people have equipment that they have at need. What does your money really mean for the club? Okay, so and the other great thing about it is that there are other people who are training who, who may have stopped now, other instructors. So we're all donating into it. In mm. fact, I set it up with a, a, another woman who's um, who came from, you know, Kiwi, went to Japan, came over, and Aikido was her life as well. So we, we've kind of, both of us have left bequests into the fund, but we've got another instructor giving $10 a month, and uh, another, you know, student put in a, a little bit, and we'll do fundraising into it. So the main, um, the main things are uh, equipment, uh, and travel because you know how hard it is to get money to fly overseas mm. um, and also to fly in the top instructors from around the world because we're a long way away in New Zealand so um, it's a bit of a lonely time and um, and we're we're able to bring in those top experts to to lift our, our game. Mm. That's awesome. I need to think about what I would want to um, create a fund for. What about you Laura? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, you, I, uh, I, I don't know. You've put me on the spot. I care a lot about <laughs> conservation. I care mm. a lot about swimming. Um, I care a lot about uh, young people. And, um, yeah, uh, I don't know. Maybe and I, I thought you spoke quite eloquently about, like, the value of sport and fitness and confidence. And maybe maybe it would be another, like, sort of... Support community sport fund. Yes, mm. yes. We don't have a... We've got a cricket fund, but I'd love more sport and rec donations yeah. because we haven't got much in that field, mm. you know. I've got some good youth money coming in. Um, the thing I like about it the most, I suppose, is that you can just say it's just arts and conservation that my fund does, but then you can go, but I actually really love forest and bird. So sure. I'd love them to get something every year. Yeah. But there's one other benefit, and that's, you know, charities don't always last forever, and sometimes mm. they're really great mm. under some management, and then 10 years later, maybe there might be some corruption or badly managed. And um, so by giving the money to Nico Foundation, it's like... Um, it's one step removed from the operations of the charity and it means that in future, if that charity disappears or um, goes under or um, there's a terrible scandal, and we know this happens, that that money then can be diverted to the next best charity mm. doing the same, with the same mission. So it hasn't been sunk into a charity that's no longer there or that's gone off exactly. the rails. Still taking yeah, and we, we've got that, even if they haven't disappeared, sometimes we can look at a charity and go, well, you were great a, f a few years ago, but you've lost your way a little bit now, so we, we, we're we going to fund over here because these guys are doing a slightly better job, maybe. Mm. So, yeah, there's, there's lots of benefits. Wow. A final question just to um, ask you for, I guess, a message to people who are looking for their way to uh, be generous. Okay. So we, we have a free donor advisory service. So anyone um, can call me at any time, whether they intend to leave money through us or not, even if they just go, gosh, I'm interested in disability. Who are the, you know, the big players? Or who are the little players? Mm. Um, so I'm happy to talk at any time about that. Um, the best way to call us is 0800 your gift. Um, but, yeah, we, we're just here to help. And uh, whether it's, like I say, you know, $10 or, or $10 million. 
and we've just just created um, a portal on our website where people can go in and have a look through our funds and, and say, oh, I might give a little bit to that and might give a little bit to that. And would you like to throw in your website address as well? Oh, yes. Dub, dub, dub. Uh, Nico is N-I-K-A-U foundation.org.nz. Thank you. There has been so much food for thought in there. Um, we're going to go to a song now, and uh, we've let Louise choose this song. So I'm going to ask Louise if you'd like to introduce us and tell us what introduce the song and tell us why you chose it. Okay. So this is the band is the Gracious Deviants, which is an, an anagram of voices and guitars, and the song is uh, my favourite song at the moment called Free Bird, sung by my husband. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to hearing it. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me.